This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. I don't know about you, but it's been a long time since a zombie apocalypse show has kept my interest for more than, let's say, an episode or two. But The Last of Us from HBO has me hooked. It's based on a video game in which a fungus, a fungus spreads throughout the food supply and infects most of the world's population, turning ordinary people into murderous, mind-controlled monsters. Billions of puppets with poisoned minds permanently fixed on one unifying goal, to spread the infection to every last human alive by any means necessary. And to no surprise, one of my favorite plot lines is about the fungus itself, where it came from, what it does, how it spreads. So today we're going to separate fungus fact from fiction because many times fact is more fun than fiction. And I promise no spoilers here. Joining me now is Dr. Patty Kashian, a mycologist and visiting professor of biology at Bard College in New York's Hudson Valley. Welcome to Science Friday. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Nice to have you. All right, what, what did you think of seeing a fungus in a show like this? It's been really exciting to see fungi in uh, popular media because it's really rare for that to happen, actually. Mm -hmm. So in the show, we have a fungus called cordyceps, correct? It takes over, turns people into zombies. Cordyceps is a real fungus, right? Yes, yeah, so cordyceps is a real group of fungi. The name cordyceps is actually like a genus of, of fungi. So you have a lot of different species within that group. But scientists and mycologists specifically talk about cordyceps as sort of a catch-all for a lot of different groups of fungi that infect insects and kill their host. The The sort of portrayal in the show is that the fungus enters the uh, the person's body and grows throughout their skin and flesh and then takes over their minds. And this is something that happens with some species of of these fungi on insects. Well, should we people be afraid, be very afraid it could <laughs> happen to us? So I would say no. I personally do not live in fear of this happening to me, even though I study fungi and think about them all the time. Um, and that's because these relationships that exist now in nature with the fungi growing on particular insects are ones that have been developing for millions and millions of years. So they're very host specific, very, very particular to the, you know, the chemistry and the physiology of the host body. And they're not something that just can spread easily to other groups. For a fungus to evolve that could infect humans in a similar way, it would take a really, really, really long amount of time, far beyond any of our lives or probably the lifespan of humans on this planet. Well, of course, that's not to say that we don't interact with fungus. There's certainly fungus that can mess with our minds, right? I'm thinking of psilocybin and rye ergot, which can cause hallucinations. Sure, certainly. Yes, fungi are, we're interacting with fungi all of the time in various ways. And of course, there's kind of a reputation that fungi are inherently dangerous and a risk to our health. And there are some species that can hurt us if we were to eat them. Like you mentioned, the ergot, um, which is a rot that grows on different grains, especially rye. And if you eat that, 
it actually causes sort sort of like a, a compound in there that's similar to LSD, but one that's really, really bad. And it can cause like really disturbing hallucinations, but also physiological problems like gangrene and, and, and things like that. So we are, you know, we certainly need to be aware of the fungi that are around us, but there's also lots of fungi around us all the time that are doing really helpful things in our environment. So most fungi are actually pretty, pretty beneficial for us. Give me an example. Basically, most terrestrial plants have some sort of partnership with fungi, meaning the fungus is providing nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus and water and other beneficial things to plants. And actually, 95% of plants on land have a partnership with a fungus in which they're really depending on that fungus to survive. So when you think about the forests that are around us and our agricultural systems, fungi are really intimate parts of those systems. And actually, we wouldn't be able to recognize these systems if it weren't for the important roles that fungi are playing in those environments. Right. So they do really useful things, but sometimes they can interact with us negatively. I'm thinking of people getting fungal infections like athlete's foot, stuff like that. Yes, there are there are things that you don't want. Um, so the athlete's foot would be a sort of, you know, the, maybe a less severe type of fungal infection. And then particularly people who are immunocompromised are, are extra vulnerable to various types of fungal infections that can become systemic. There are some species of yeast called candida that can can become dangerous to human health, particularly if your immune system is suppressed. Um, So certainly we we do want to know what's going on with fungi. It's really important that people are studying them and sort of thinking about them in the context of of human health, because it's true that some, some can pose a great risk to us. Yeah. Yeah, but getting back to the show, there's no fear of mind control, right? <laughs> but 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 the fungi can't cause outbreaks like they did in the show. Yeah, so I, I'm not afraid of like a zombie apocalypse caused by a fungus, but it is true that there could be sort of outbreaks of other types of fungi that could be detrimental to our health. Um, so Candida auris is one species of fungus um, that is sort of causing a bit of a stir. Um, it used to be Um, found mostly in desert climates in the U.S., but as uh, the planet has warmed a bit, it's starting to spread more and more north, and that can cause, um, get into your lungs and cause some serious health problems for you. But nothing that's going to, like, fully take over your body and cause you to become a monster. (laughs) Yeah, and and there's this really harrowing moment in the show when the mycologist says there's no treatment, no hope for infected people in real life. Uh, Fungal infections, are they that hard to treat? Yeah, so fungi are really hard to treat when they infect a human because fungi are actually more closely related to animals than they are to plants. So when you're when you're trying to kill fungal cells in your body, the medications that we have often are also harmful to our own cells. The, there's often a large amount of side effects uh, with fungal medications, and they can just be very persistent and difficult to fully eradicate. The other problem, though, is that we know very little about fungi in general. It's a really understudied discipline. So we just need more research to understand the life cycle of these organisms, their basic like chemistry and biology, and even just to know what species are out there. So we we just have a lot of work to do. So one thing that's concerning about a potential fungal outbreak is that we would have very little like starting information if it were to occur. Hmm. And as a mycologist, I hope you don't mind me referring to you as a fungi nerd. (laughs) That's accurate. (laughs) Well, then you must be watching the show with a critical eye. And I'm asking that because I want to know if there's anything else that the show gets wrong that really bugs you. 
Maybe bug is the wrong term here, but yes. <laughs> I So I'll start by saying that I really like the show and I've been really enjoying it. The storyline is well executed. I actually played the game when it came out and I really enjoyed it at that time. Um, and I think the show has been really gripping and um, I love the costume design. But of course, as a mycologist, I can't fully take off my um, mycology lens and I think one thing that kind of bugs me is during the credits and the opening credits, they show a fungal-like organism sort of spreading and, and traveling and it ends up mapping out kind of roughly the United States and continues moving. And, and actually, that's not a, a fungus. What they're showing is a slime mold, which is something that used to be in Kingdom Fungi, but is uh, now recognized as being an amoeba. So it, it just that was a little bit irritating to me. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, I think that the show is doing an interesting job in weaving elements of fungal biology accurately, but it's also relying on different elements of fungi that don't exist in one single species. So visually, a lot of the aesthetics of the fungi that are showing are kind of other species, more like polypores, which are fungi that grow on wood and trees. And then they're kind of combining that with elements of the cordyceps group. And then they're, you know, sort of blending in these slime molds. So there's sort of this panoply of fungal yeah. <laughs> representation. A lot of literary license going on here. Is, yes, for sure. But one thing you did point out about that beginning of the show where you see it sort of spreading, mm -hmm. that's really how, don't don't fungi talk to each other through the ground? Because in the show, the infected humans communicate with each other through an underground fungal network. Yes. So they're relying on this idea of the of mycelial webs. So mycelia or mycelium is the network of fungal cells that extends through substrate. So through soil or wood um, or through animal tissue. And basically, we know that it, fungi can communicate over long distances through their mycelial networks. They can send information about their habitat. They can send resources to one another and to other organisms. So they are sort of utilizing that reality to move the plot. Let's take a listen. They're connected. More than you know. The fungus also grows underground. Long fibers like wires, some of them stretching over a mile. You step on a patch of cordyceps in one place, and you can wake a dozen infected from somewhere else. Now they know where you are, now they come. Hmm. And the show talks about climate change and that it could affect how fungi spread and behave in that if the average temperature of the earth goes up, that makes it more amenable to the growth of the fungi. Is that an actual concern? So yes, climate change in all its forms is a concern for diversity. When we're talking about a warming planet, there are some species that are going to go extinct when the temperature rises because all species have evolved to be, you know, successful in particular niches. And that's often involving a pretty narrow, you know, temperature window. So if you go higher than that temperature window, the uh, species can go extinct. And this is true for organisms, including fungi, but most organisms in general. But that also then opens up windows for new species to to thrive. So when when you increase temperature, some will go extinct and some can expand into that range and then be more successful. So we know that climate change is going to just really shift a lot of things. And overall, we expect there to be lots of biodiversity loss. And that's mostly caused through habitat destruction. But we know that like changing in rainfall patterns, you know, certain areas becoming 
wetter, certain areas becoming drier. This is definitely going to lead to some species going extinct and other species sort of thriving. So we, it's hard to predict what that's all going to look like. None of it's particularly good, though. <laughs> <laughs> How did you like the way visually the, fun, the fungi were drawn? They're actually very pretty, very gorgeous depictions of them. Yes, I love the artistic rendering of fungi in this show. I think it's done beautifully. <laughs> Certainly creepy, but you know, as a mycologist, I'm I'm used to dealing in what other people would consider creepy. So I think it's done really beautifully. Aside from it kind of combining multiple aspects of different species into one, I think the it definitely gives a very fungal feeling. This is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. In case you're joining us, we're talking with mycologist Dr. Patty Kashian about the fungi-inspired TV show, The Last of Us. And how do you feel that fungus has become a, a topic of conversation now? Uh, everybody's seeing the show and talking about it. It's interesting. Mycologists are used to people sort of ignoring fungi for the most part. In the last couple of years, there's been a bit of a shift, which is exciting. People are a little more open-minded about learning about fungi and, and, and welcoming them into the, our lives. So this is a, you know, a, a more negative portrayal of fungi. But what's really exciting is that it's gotten a lot of people asking about fungi. So maybe if this show came out like 10 years ago, I, I don't know that I would be contacted for an interview um, about <laughs> them. So this time around, people are, I think because people were exposed to some positive press about fungi over the last few years, now people want to know, you know, as you said, sort fact from fiction. So that's yeah. been, I think it's good. I think it's good overall. But you've been excited about fungi for years. I mean, what makes you so excited? Why do you love to study them? So yes, I've been studying for fungi for a little over a decade now. And I was really drawn to them because, because so few people understood them. They were this mysterious entity in the forests that really excited me. And sort of I felt sort of a natural alignment with them because of ways in which I've, you know, I guess is particularly as a younger person moved through the world in a way that, you know, wasn't necessarily particularly well understood. So I just felt a kinship with them. I was felt really excited by how dynamic they are in our ecosystems and how much potential in information they hold that we know very little about. Tell me about that. So we know less about fungi than we know about fungi, right? What else is there to learn? There's there's like so much to learn. So I can start by saying we think that there's over 3 million species of fungi that exist on Earth. And of that 3 million or so, possibly more, um, we've only described about 150,000 species. So really just a small sliver of the fungal diversity on this earth has been described in a formal way. So we're talking about millions of species that exist around us. Um, some of them, you know, large, obvious mushrooms, some of them microfungi, and we don't know what they're doing <laughs> or how they're doing it. Um, so in terms of what ecological functions they're playing in a forest or in a grassland or within a single leaf on a tree, we know that they're involved in, you know, nutrient cycling and mutualisms between plants. Um, they're in our own bodies. One really fun fact I have is that there are actually more fungal and bacterial cells in our own bodies than there are human cells, oh. which is a little bit crazy, <laughs> but true. Our microbiome, we, we love to talk about it. Yes. I mean, well, why, why is it that we know so little? It, that's kind of a complicated question, but... I think that people have been 
disinterested in studying fungi because they didn't seem important to us, um, particularly in in a cult from the cultural framework of like European American sort of Western science. And I think they were sort of seen as things that were gross or creepy or slimy and deadly. And there was just a negative perception of them. Um, and I think that that actually has materially impacted the formal study of them. So it's actually hard to find a place to to learn about mycology in like an formal way. So there's very few mycologists working at colleges and universities. Only a handful of institutions will grant, you know, degrees that are super focused on mycology. So we just have a lot, long way of go to go in, in sort of recognizing how important they are and then actually at like allocating funding towards those research programs. That seems crazy. <laughs> it is a little crazy. You know, if something is so essential to how nature works and we don't understand it, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, I know. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're working on it, at least. Yes. Yeah, it's been fun. And, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, the tide is starting to shift a little bit. My, my college students have expressed a lot of interest in fungi, and I see that interest growing. So I'm, I'm hopeful that more mycology programs are going to start to pop up um, and there will be more chances to study them and more funding available. So I, I'm, I think we're heading in the right direction. That's great. So you see fungi is not so scary once you get to know them. Yeah, once you get to know them, they're, they're pretty nice. Patty, thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thanks for having me. This was great. Dr. Patty Kashian is a mycologist and visiting professor of biology at Bard College in New York's Hudson Valley.